The Ringer Reality TV Podcast is the home for all things unscripted TV. The feed will feature challenge recaps with Johnny Bananas, Bachelor in Paradise recaps from Amelia Wedemeyer, and a weekly survey of the reality TV landscape with Juliet Littman and Callie Curry. And much more coverage across the reality spectrum from Survivor to Below Deck to Selling Sunset. Check out the Ringer Reality TV Podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? We back. Another week, a week off. We had a we had a week off, man. Had some traveling well, you, to do. <laughs> you, you had a week off. Uh, we we had to get a couple different people in the chair fill in for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to as as wonderful, and they did a great job, uh, Jay uh, and Sue. Yeah, it's good to have you back, my friend. Thank you, thank you. How uh, how were the travels? No, it was good. I had to go out to uh, the West Coast. I went to a um, golf tournament. It's my second, my second celebrity golf tournament. I won this year, guys. So you Anthony won? Anderson, we won it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, man. And what was then, the uh, prize? A PXG uh, driver, which I already have. Oh, all right. Well, you know. <laughs> so I just give it to Skip I, or or Little C. You need a lefty, right? Uh, I need a lefty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need to give it to a lefty. I got to give they- it to. No, Did but they... you can go get it fitted for it. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Okay, got you, so. got you. You know what's funny yeah. is I got my, as part of uh, my Christmas present. My dad had got me a gift to go get fitted for a, a driver, and I was like all jacked up about it. And then this thing happened uh, called having a baby, and uh, it, it it thwarted the whole golf thing just a little bit. You know, yeah, golf's over. I told you, you got to pick yeah. one. You got to pick one of the things you really like. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be it, it. I remember when we were talking with Jerry Ferrara, and he was just getting into golf. And you were like, "Hey, man, get those rounds in now, because you ain't gonna do it again for eighteen years." We haven't heard from him since he had the baby, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jerry, come back to us. How are you, man? <laughs> we haven't seen him. We haven't heard from him since he had the baby. <laughs> well, look, today uh, we get to talk to one of the best starters in baseball, Jack Flaherty. Super excited for this. Um, you know, one of the true aces in the game, and and you know. I uh, saw his Cardinals just go on a historic streak uh, towards the end of the season. Um, but see, before we do that, we'd like to start our shows with Sling and Heat, a chance for uh, you to dish uh, on some of the biggest topics around sports. And there are so many just you know buzzworthy topics in this moment that we thought we'd do a, a full-bodied speed round. This is a, a, a Cabernet speed round of Sling and Heat so that we can hit a little bit of everything, man. Yeah, and it's a lot going. Like you said, it's a lot going on in the last couple of weeks. So it's a good time to be a sports fan. All right, so let's let's start with the news that just broke. We're recording Wednesday night. Justin Verlander signs with the Astros. Apparently, it's going to be one year, twenty five million. What's your reaction to this? See, I mean, I, I figured that that was going to happen. I figured he was going to go back to where he's comfortable. Um, you know, and that's the place where he won his championship. So. You know, taking a one-year deal there, you know, someplace where the, the training staff knows you and, you know, knows the injuries coming off of, I, I felt like that was the place he was going to land. Would you have been able to accept him in a pinstripe uniform or would that have been weird for you? That would have been weird for me. Yeah. That would you know have been totally funny? weird for me. <laughs> what What do you think makes it so weird? Uh, I, I, I don't know. He just doesn't fit the Yankee. Like, it, that would be like, Remember that year when they had, like, Pudge and all those, like, weird-looking guys? It would be like that. Like, it's just, like, it's out of place to me. Yeah. Like, like Kevin Brown and Randy Johnson never totally fit in here. No, Randy. See, people say Randy Johnson. He has some good years here. Like, he won 17 games one year. Like, I think, I mean, he he has some pretty good years. He just didn't fit in, like, media-wise. Like, it started off very bumpy right at the beginning. So... He, you know, it just didn't, he didn't fit in that sense. But, like, as as far as on the field, like, I thought he was pretty good. Like, I just feel like Verlander, I don't know. It just, it would it would just seem weird, him coming to the Bronx. But, um, I, and I, for whatever reason, maybe because we played against him for so long, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like, same with me being in the Astros or a Rays uniform. Could you picture yeah. that shit? No. Exactly. No. <laughs> no. I so really it's the same. Couldn't. Like, it's yeah. like, like, it's just, eh. Yeah, I, I agree. Of maybe of all, it, it almost like to me that would have been like Josh Beckett. 
Like Josh Beckett was a guy yes, who like absolutely. I'm like oh, no I could but not I'm tra- but, stand but, that dude at the time. But to, that's him in any uniform though. So I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, truth. That's fucked oh up. That's gosh. fucked up. I should have said no, that. No, no, no. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I can I can remember to like I can remember seeing. I'm not going to dime out the analyst by name, but one of the analysts I worked with. Uh, or I've worked with, um, I was doing stats at the time. I wasn't broadcasting with them yet for yes. I've never seen them snap the way they snapped watching Josh Beckett at Yankee Stadium, like talking smack. And I heard them say things they never said at any other moment (laughs) in their life. And I was like, this is what Josh Beckett does to people. You know, when it started for Yankee fans, though, I think it's because of 2003. Yeah, I think. And then then he became a Red Sox. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. it was a it was a bad combination for Yankees fans, and, but I agree. Verlander's one that it would have been weird for me to be rooting for him. I think also, you know, I don't know Justin at all. Maybe he's a wonderful guy. He doesn't present as someone who you're like, oh, he was just in the wrong uniform. Like he's an easy villain to root against. You know what I mean? And so then to put him in, like Damon to me, even though. It was like, oh, he was a Red Sox all those years. Like you could tell, this dude was like He's fun, fun loving, yes, yeah. Yes. Like it was like, oh, bring him in. Like, yeah, that's not how I would describe Verlander. Now maybe, <laughs> I, uh, maybe I'd feel differently if he was shoving. You know, he's ten and zero at the All Star break. But you wouldn't care about none of that. But maybe I wouldn't anymore. But, but you're right, though. You're right. Yeah. You're right. All right. So he goes back to the Astros. I think it's a good move for Houston too. Look, right? They were they were a little short in the starting pitching department this year. We know the offense is there. Maybe this helps answer the bell. How about Correa? As of this moment, he hasn't signed. I'm going to ask you the same thing, C. Could you see that guy in a Yankee uniform, or would that be a little trippy for you as well? I mean, I think that would be a little trippy for me, but that, I mean, he's younger. So I think, it, you know, it, it, it could make a little more sense. I mm-hmm. don't understand why the Astros won't sign him back. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't understand why they won't give him whatever they, whatever they need, because, like you said, the offense is, is good. You add Verlander. They may they may beat Atlanta in the World Series. You know what I'm saying? If, if Verlander is healthy pitching at the, down the stretch right there, so yeah. I mean, I think you know, for me, it'd be weird, to, you know, for the Astros to blow that up, you know. And you have your guy, you know, he's he's a guy that that they drafted, you know, raised up, and you know, I just always think it's easier to keep your guys. So for me, I think the Astros should sign him back. Yeah, it, it, I, I agree. He, you know, first of all, he's still a. I mean. He he's still a young dude, right? I mean, he's twenty seven years old. It's not yeah. like he's he's hitting free agency at thirty two. He's hitting it at twenty seven. He also he's proven to be a, a really good postseason player as well. Um, but him I, being so young, why are people not talking about him like Bryce Harper and and Manny Machado with these ten year deals or yeah. Fernando Tatis? Why is it only like six five five year six year deals with with him at being twenty seven years old? That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe it's because he had, you know, such a dip in in 2020 and his 2018 was sort of unusually not great as well. So maybe they're looking at like a little less consistency, perhaps. But I agree with you. I mean, you could easily justify giving that dude 10 years and, you know, 300 plus million. Because of his age. Because of his age alone, you know. And, and, And we also know when you get into bidding... Those back end years are a tax you pay to have those front end years, right? Absolutely. Like, so, I, I, I mean, he's a guy. It would be a little easier for me, I think, than Verlander for some reason, probably because of the age. See, yeah, you're looking at a longer, yeah, longer track of. But it, I also didn't love. Then he was critical of Jeter the other day, and I'm like, well, that's not going to endear you to this fan base. And I will say this: the one area where I think it's relevant now, if he plays great. Yankees fans will get over it. They'll end up loving him because he's producing for their team. But there's already an embedded incentive to root against this guy. And so if he struggled, he would hear it in a more vociferous way than anybody else would. Yeah, I'm not even going to get into the comments he made about Jeter. But I think that if he did come to New York, he's setting himself up to be in the same position that A-Rod was in for a long time. Yeah, right. Where it's like you better produce at the umpteenth level or you're going to get booed mercilessly and unfairly every, every day yeah every yeah. day yeah every I, day. I i agree with you i also want to say this like if i needed one shortstop 
that I've ever watched to cleanly field my infant daughter Listen, to save we don't, her. We don't, I choose nobody, Derek Jeter. Nobody I needs Derek to, Jeter. Nobody knows, needs <laughs> to defend Derek Jeter, bro. Let's yeah. Next subject. All right, good. Well, I'm glad you love him the way I love him. <laughs> uh, all right. How about the Mets bringing in your old boy, Billy Epler, as a general manager? After a long Man. and you know, drawn out, I, I don't even want to call it a search. It was really like a parade of no thank yous. Um, I, I think that they probably landed on the best candidate they could have hoped for, given what they went through. Yeah, no, they really did. I think they 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 hit the jackpot on this one, to be honest, because you know, like first, second time being a GM is always better than the first. Yeah, you know, going out to California was an experience for him, but you know, Billy knows New York and and he knows teams with big budgets. So like him being able to navigate the Mets, I think, uh, is a little more up his alley. So I'm excited for him, to, you know, getting that job. And like you said that perfectly, like you know, given what they went through and their search or whatever you want to call it. Like, they landed on the best candidate, I feel like. Were you surprised, burning through some more topics here, at the way Mets fans reacted to Syndergaard leaving? Like, they were genuinely furious at Noah Syndergaard for not re-signing. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I was. I mean, the, you know, one year, $21 million. You got to take, you gotta take the, the money. I mean, and... I mean, I, I don't understand what Mets fans were, were so upset about, to be honest. We, we should ask Bobby Wagner, who's a, who's a, who's a Mets fan and, and one of our outstanding producers here. Like, what was it that made Mets fans so... It, it didn't just seem, like, upset. Like, you're upset when a guy leaves your team who's a part of your... You thought was a part of your core in your future. But they seemed, like, genuinely feeling like something was done wrong to them. Yeah. Like this was this was an impossibility... They had not explored, and they got almost like, you remember when, um, oh gosh, who was it who left the Cavs when LeBron was there, said he was going to resign, and like- Carlos Boozer. Boozer. He went to almost, Utah. Yes. It, yeah. it almost felt like that, where like Boozer yeah. pulled an okie-doke on the Cavs. He really where, did that where, year, though. The Boozer right. did. We, remember, we talked to him about it when he came yeah. on the pod with us, like, yeah. like where he had like told them, yeah, I'm resigning. And that's why it was going to allow him to get more money if he became a free agent. Yeah. And then he just went. And so they're like, okay. And then and then he just went to, to Utah. Utah. And it was like, whoa, yeah. what was that? That's almost the way Mets fans have reacted with Syndergaard. Now, Bobby, feel free to either say it verbally or text it. Um, if you can share with us why Mets fans seem to feel this way about Noah. Well, I, I think it was you shouldn't be surprised by any reaction that Mets fans have ever because they're not logical people. Like, at least mm. the Yankees fans are absurd, but, like, you can follow a certain logic that they demand this because they have 27 rings. There's always, like, it's predictable. With the Mets fans, it's just pure chaos. It's like a dumpster fire 24-7. <laughs> but I think truly the emotional response came from the fact that he was willing to leave for a one-year deal somewhere else. Like, I think people okay. could live with the fact that it would have been okay for him to leave if it was two years, 40 million or two years, 35 million more guaranteed money because of all the injuries that he's had. But for one year, I think a lot of Mets fans expected that, you know, the continuity of staying in New York, a place that he said that he likes a place that he said that he wanted to remain. It was just like, I don't know. It was like a, a lighting a match to gasoline for Mets fans, because this is a guy who said he wanted to stay there. And then you combine that with the fact that, you know, this five aces dream that we had in 2015 is basically <laughs> completely dead. I mean, three of these guys are like more or less out of the, not really. Harvey is more or less out of the league. Mats is not a very effective pitcher anymore. Wheeler is, is about to win the side second yet. best pitcher in the NL <laughs> besides Jacob deGrom, who is the only guy left. And it's, it really hurts to watch him go somewhere else, especially Let's be honest, like the Angels are a little bit Mets West. So why is he leaving New York to go to Mets West? I guess yeah. I understand it. Yeah. And the qualifying offer is 18.4 million this year. So one year 18.4 million versus one year 21 million. I think and just set a lot of Mets fans on the taxes off. out there either. I mean, California you're getting banged worse than you are in New York. So I uh, All right, uh, Bobby, you know what? See, what do you think? Bobby gave us a little insight into the psychology here? No, yeah, I mean, but sometimes you just need to change the scenery. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he just needs to get away from, you know, the the training staff or whatever. Like, you never know. Like, it may, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I mean, just yeah. whatever. It could be the organization. It could be whatever. Like, maybe he just needs a, a fresh start. He feels like he can get away. And and that was probably like an, an offer that he felt like, you know, somewhere in California he could go 
on the West Coast and have spring training in Arizona and, and try it over there. To be clear, I don't really feel this way. Like, I, I understand him wanting to leave. There was a good yeah. story today. I think it was in the post that was sharing sort of Syndergaard and the Angels' perspective. One thing was that Perry Manassian flew out to New York, had dinner with him, explained to him all the different reasons that he might be successful with the Angels in 2022. The six-man rotation that they've been using for Otani. So he throws less innings overall. The different pitch mixes that he sees that Syndergaard is not using effectively in New York. There's all these different reasons. And then coupled with the fact that apparently it was radio silence from the Mets side after they offered the qualifying offer because they didn't have a fucking GM. There was yeah, no exactly. GM to talk to. <laughs> I mean, so. that, that makes it hard as well. That, that, that makes it difficult to navigate. All right, Bobby, thank you, my friend. We needed that perspective to, to find out exactly why Mets fans were so irate. I think Bobby gave us uh, some inkling into or, or some perspective into just the general psyche of Mets fans and then this specific instance. Um, see, before we get to Jack Flaherty, I, I, and I, I want to I bring up to you something hoops-wise that happened. You know, the Nets got oh, destroyed by the Warriors at Barclays Center. But I have to tell you, see, I, I am, I, I'm not surprised at the result. I've seen, I've seen so many teams up close right now. At this moment in time, the Warriors are by far and away the team that is furthest along. But the reaction to the Nets losing to the Warriors, you think that they have no shot of anything happening this season based on this reaction. I got Stephen A. like, KD should demand a trade. Like, <laughs> I knew, bro, I knew bro, he was going to be freaking out down. today. Yeah, that triggered me. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, like, calm down. No, I have an announcement to make, though. I, I'm back with the Warriors, Kaz. Oh, it's gosh, over. We lost it was, it was over after him. last night, guys. Oh, uh, my gosh. We and, lost and, and I've been teetering on the edge and watching the Warriors, you know, going their little winning streak and shit and seeing the, the turmoil that we've been having over here in Brooklyn. I'm like, yo, pulling out my Warriors shit. And then last night was the determining factor for right now <laughs> because of the shit that I'm going through with the Raiders. I am now a Warriors fan for the basketball you can't, season. You can't risk another loss. I cannot risk a lot. Yeah. Like, we got a lot of drama going on in, in, in Vegas. There's a lot of, lot of shit going on in Vegas. <laughs> I yeah. can't deal with all the shit that's going on in Brooklyn too. Like well, I need a I need a team that's gonna actually get out there and hoop, like as a whole unit. So until that happens in Brooklyn, I, I, I'm I'm back in the bay, guys. Uh, all right. So Kyrie comes back and CC comes back. They need right? to win like ten games in a row, like show that they're back and good. Then then I might hop, hop back on. But right now, bro, I'm I'm back in the bay. I got all my Warriors shit out. Can I say? Can I say? <laughs> now I'm not surprised about that. But can I say? You should one not fun, be surprised what, about that. Can I say one interesting thing, though? Like, the Nets had won eight of nine. My old colleague, Jim Spinarkle, used to say, when you get back from a long road trip, the first home game often feels like the last game of the road trip. Of a road trip, yeah, Yeah. for sure. After six road games, the Nets come back, they play a team that was waiting for them, primed, that's playing the best basketball in the NBA. Like, I... That wasn't shocking to me at all. And yes, I will admit... That wasn't really shocking to me at all, to be uh, be honest. Like, it doesn't... Like, look, the Nets are going to need either Kyrie back or someone else who can penetrate, you know, and get into the teeth of the D. They're going to need another athlete. Bro, they shouldn't have let Spencer... They shouldn't have let yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie maybe, go, because... Maybe, as it turns out, they shouldn't have. But as long as they have KD and Harden healthy, they will be... They will be absolutely contending for a championship, but people just went nuts over one game. I will say this, though. Like, the Nets, I'm not worried about. The Warriors are legit. They the are Warriors legit. are legit, guys. They are. Legit. They are. They are legit. All right. Time for us to get to Jack Flaherty. So much going on in the sports world. We're so pumped to talk with one of the premier starting pitchers uh, in all of baseball on the day that the Cy Youngs are announced. Uh, so without further ado, here is Jack Flaherty on R2C2. Jack, we're in it now. We're in it, man. I, I got to say, <laughs> the first thing I noticed, though, is you with the Lake Show shirt on. So, you big Lakers fan? Yeah. Or I mean, just like the I shirt? No, nah, yeah. this is where I grew up. Born and raised in LA, so always been a Laker fan. You know, they, are, they renamed the Staples Center, apparently. So I'm, just I'm seen that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm sad, and it's just, it's, it's tough. It's tough to see that. Obviously, you know, they got their reasons. Yeah, that's weird though. Like the guard, people would freak out if the garden got renamed. You know what I'm saying? Right? I hear Ruko. Like oh, Staples yeah. Center is a big deal in LA. Like, like for them to rename cool. that, 
And then just out of the blue, like it was no like, hey, we thinking about this or whatever. It's just one day, hey, the stadium's a new name. And it's tough, you know, especially, you know, it's Kobe, you know, Kobe passed not long ago and he built Staples Center and now, now they're out here, changed the name of it. Like he built that, you know, everybody wants to talk about like, you know, Magic, Kareem, everybody, but like he, they, they was at the forum, Kobe mm-hmm. built Staples Center and, you know, he passed not long after, now they're renaming it. So it, it hurts. It's going to be a weird name that they throwing on it. It, it, it hurts. It hurts to see that. What is it again? It's crypto. Crypto.com arena. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See now I want, I want to share perspective. Like I think these people don't think about the poor play by play broadcasters who have to do these games and remember all these <laughs> different arena names, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's funny. I was at, I called Nets thunder on Sunday and you know, th- the thunder arena was always like uh Chesapeake energy, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously it really stuck with me beautifully, but like, and, it, and the other day it's something else. And I go to call and I'm like, my gosh, man, this just like every, <laughs> every time you step in a building, it's like, it's something different. And as a result, it does sort of like take away, I don't know, your, your ability to identify, like, I, I still call Pac Bell, Pac Bell. Like, yes. One thousand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like the old parks, I still call it, like it is what it is. Like the Coliseum is the Coliseum. Like Pac yeah. Bell, still Pac Bell. Yeah. I mean, I think the Staples Center will always be the Staples Center, especially for I that reason, because yeah. People always call it the Staples Center because of Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. it's no Everybody's way that. that. Yeah. Everybody's going to call it that for a long time. Like, but like you said, if they changed the name of the garden, they, people wouldn't know what to do. They'd, oh, no, it'd people, still be the garden, no matter what. They would tear that shit down out here if they, if they try to change <laughs> yeah. the name out here. Man, I, I see when they try and rename highways in New York and or bridges. And it's like, <laughs> nah, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Like, if you ask someone like, hey, do you want to go over the RFK bridge? They'll be like, no, but I'll take the Triborough. Yeah. <laughs> Same bridge. <laughs> like, they're, they're not they're, they, they It's not, it's just not happening. I, I, I have to say too, like, I guess, see, I mean, we're talking about the garden, but even like, think about Yankee stadium. Like I actually, I give both those franchises credit for not giving in to the sponsorship dollars because I know the Yankees from jump when they had the new stadium like, Hey, like this is, you know, it's Yankee Stadium. It's yeah. not. It's not something sponsored. Like Madison Square Garden, obviously, um, you know, they they have a brand beyond just the teams that play there that is served with MSG. But they're not. You know, they're not going to call it whatever. They have their little their little different areas within the garden, right? They have the Hulu Theater, but they're not going to call the garden something different right now. That would trip me out. That would definitely <laughs> true me. It would. It's the kind of thing that like bothers fans, even though it seems superficial. Yeah, Jack, have you been to any Lakers games this year? And what you think about the squad so far? Yeah, when, when was the first? I've been to two so far this year. I went to uh, second game, second game of the year when they played Phoenix, and they were getting blown out by like thirty. I broke that back. game. Yeah, they, yeah, it was a it was an ugly game, and then but they're still figuring out. Uh, you know, what rotations they were going to use, what lineup was going to work, and they finally figured it out. They had AD at the five, which they're figuring out is th- what they need to do when, when things flow properly. And then I was there the other night when they played the Heat, um, which was a good one. I mean, that was that was a good one. Braun wasn't, Braun was not playing, but Russ was active. Russ went off, Russ did his thing. They, 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 they have times where they mold and they mesh together, and there's times where it just you know, they play a young team like the the Bulls, and they kind of got run out the gym because they were they was running up and down on them. Uh, look, man, they, they're gonna figure out a way to work. You put those guys on the same team, they they're gonna work. They've figured out their best lineup is with AD at the five. It's hard to play. You know, they did it a couple years ago when they would run out AD and Javale or AD and Dwight. Uh, they they tried to do it. It doesn't work quite as well now that you have Russ and Braun on the same team, but. They still got. They still have the pieces. They'll probably they'll make a move somewhere at some point. Oh, and they absolutely gonna make a move. I was at the at that Miami game uh, in Sta- at Staples Center or whatever. It's and I saw now. you was there. I, I, was saw, like, I saw it later. I was like, damn, arena. See, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was out there. I got out there late and just went to the game. Um, now nah, I think, but when they get LeBron back, I think it'll flow better because you'll have you'll be able, Russ will be able to run with the second unit and be able yeah. to do whatever he really wants to do you know, up and down the court. But I think once LeBron gets back, it'll be able to to help them a little bit, you know, with, with the offense up and down. 
Um, but they definitely gonna have to make a move. Like they're gonna have to make a move before. They're gonna have before, to make a move. Some of these teams look nice. So the, the Warriors, the Warriors are, are good. The Nuggets are good. Nice. And when Jamal Murray comes good. back, yes, yeah, yeah. some. So the Bucks they, are good. They got some players, yeah. some, they got some good the, the Warriors are the team that I would be worried about out there if I was the Lakers. Because, the, you know, the one thing that's like struck me this year, and I think I, I've sensed it a little bit with maybe where the Nets are going to have to augment their roster, and I think the Lakers are going to have to a little bit too, is just needing another athlete or two. Like, if you look at some of the other contending teams, they have some really dynamic young athletes, right? Like even even if you think about the players for Golden State, right? Okay, you have your core with Draymond and Steph and then eventually Clay getting back. But guys like Kaminga, who yep. bring a, a mm-hmm. level of athleticism, Gary Payton the second. Yep. You know, Jordan I Poole. Mean, Jordan Poole, right? Even Wiggins, even though he's not quite as young as as you know a couple of those other dudes, like his athleticism. Like you are gonna need like these teams, the Nets and the Lakers, and I put them in different categories. Nets have gotten off to a better start than the Lakers, and 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 I think their duo is is more primed than you know than where the Lakers are at. And we'll see what happens with Kyrie, but they're both going to need another athlete. Like these other teams are, there's they have some like experienced scores, but they also have some good athleticism in the mix, and even even uh, Miami, right? Like yeah, Miami, Miami's good. Tyler yeah. Hero's a beast, bro. Exactly. Like watching bro, him the other night, man, he gets to whatever spot. He gets to whatever spot he wants to on the court, bro. Like he's he's legit. He he was surprising. He was surprising watching him live, and you know he was taking shots from wherever he had the confidence. He was pulling it, and it didn't matter what. But the Warriors have athletes up and down. They're gonna get Clay back. It's that's gonna be tough. They can play defense, <laughs> and Clay doesn't have to come back and defend. They're I mean they put Iguodala and Kuminga out there, and they're running a, a triangle and two. Against yep. the, the Nets last night, like that was, I mean, it was, it was fun to watch, uh, watch that game last night. But they, they, they got athletes all over, and then Steph is free to just run around, and he can't miss right now. He's he's ridiculous. He's something else to watch. I, I had to pull my warrior shit back out, bro. I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy, he bounces all over, but. I mean, yeah. I understand why after that performance. <laughs> but so, so Jack, you grew up, you grew up in LA, and I know, um, I don't know, if maybe our audience, some of them will be familiar with this, but a lot of them won't. Uh, your high school rotation sounds like basically the filthiest high school rotation I've ever heard of in my life. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, you, Max Freed, Lucas Giolito, all part of the same high school rotation. Yes. Was were you guys as ridiculous in high school as you would be if you were together on a major league team right now? No, I, <laughs> no, because right now we're we're better. And I was so I was two years younger than them. So I was a sophomore throwing. You know, I didn't throw very hard. I was eighty six, eighty eight. I was get guys out. Lucas was throwing hundred. Max was still you know ninety two, ninety five. But I think if you were to put all three of us together now, it's it, like that's a different that's a different, that's a different beast. Thing, but yeah. Yeah, I would if I was two years older, if we were all seniors at the same time, it might have been a little bit it might have been a little bit different. But those two together were they were fun to watch. Those were some fun bullpens. Um watching those two and uh it, it was it, it's one of those things that it just happened by chance. Like I happened to go to school there, Lucas was already there. Max's the only reason Max got there was because his school shut down athletics mm-hmm. his senior year and he, he was able to transfer for free or whatever it was, transfer with no penalty, ended up at Harvard Westlake because they were best friends. So did you guys play against, I mean, with the, with each other earlier before that, that high school experience or? Lucas and Max had played together kind of that summer, um, just doing, you know, showcase events. But I, I'd only played with Lucas when I was a freshman. I played okay. with him my freshman year and my sophomore year. And then they, then, you know, they were both drafted when they were seniors. Are you guys at that point, Jack, are you guys ever having conversations like about, hey, you know, we're going to all be in the big leagues together someday or or how, was that on the radar? Did you know that was in the cards for all of you? I mean, it was conversation. I, You know, one of their dads, I don't know if it was Max or Lucas' dad, uh, you know, I think it might have been 
one of their dads would, you know, tell me, you know, this is this going to be when they're getting drafted. This is going to be you in two years. Like, I can't wait to watch and see where you end up. And I was like, for me, I was like, ah, yeah, 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 I don't know about all that. I was going to college. I was going to, you know, go that route. I had no, I didn't, I, I still at that point, I didn't know too much about it. I was still learning about the draft and everything. We never paid attention to it. Um, but it was, it was, I always had conversation and, you know, somewhere down the line, we were going to meet up. I didn't think I was going to be a pitcher. They didn't think I was going to be a pitcher. Uh, Max was an athlete. He he could, you know, he could do both. Just one, just one of Silver Slugger hats off to him. Um, <laughs> But there was always conversation. I mean, we always had competition. Who, you know? And then once I got drafted, then it, then the conversation really started. Of all right, now now we're gonna see what now we're gonna see what's gonna happen. And you guys, you went, you guys went to Game Six, right? And watch Max yeah. deal. Yeah, we 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 went. And yeah, how'd you guys decide to go? And like, what was it like sitting in the crowd watching your friend and and former teammate? Shove to clinch so, the World Series. Yeah, shove yeah. Too. He, he did shove. He shoved. So I I went to Game Five in LA when uh, the Braves came. I went and I kind of uh, I got a ticket from a friend uh, and was there. Watched him pitch. Left right away. One of the weirder feelings being there and like watching from the other side, especially having just lost there. I was like I was. Yeah, Max knows. I was I was torn on whether or not I wanted to go. I was like, you know what, I'll go. I'm gonna support him. I I want to watch this. I want to see him. Yeah, you know, yeah. go get it done. And then, you know, they were going to Game Five on Sunday night, and we were just hoping they'd pull it out and like it'd be a wrap. And there was talks about whether or not, all right, are we gonna go to Houston or not. And I was like, you guys let me know. Once Lucas said that he was gonna go to Houston, I was like, all right, give me a flight. Like uh, I'll go to Houston. I'll be on that flight. I'll be there. And it was cool, man. It, it was fun watching him him pitch. I've never been to Houston before. I've never seen that place. Um, so it was it was it was dope watching him do it, get it done. You know, congrats to him. It, it was a it was a different experience sitting on that side and being in the in the stands and watching it. It was weird. I prefer to be on the field playing. Yeah, uh, but I'm happy for him. I, I'm real happy for him. Was it a little less odd like being in Houston than it was like being in Dodger Stadium? Because like you said, you had just Lost there, it like you know what that LA. feels is. Yeah, right. It was weird. I had just been there. I was sitting closer to the Dodge, like you know, right next to the Dodgers dugout. I was sitting right there, and having just <laughs> lost and like watching, I was like, "Like we should be playing this game. We should be playing against the Braves right now." I was, I was frustrated. But World Series is a little bit easier. I haven't done it once already. I was like, mm-hmm. "Like I want him to get this. I want him to get his." Um, but LA was definitely. A little weird and unsettling. Once he was done, I was out. Uh, I got out of there right away. <laughs> yeah. We we hung around after he came out. We hung around. We had a bunch of people there hanging out. But after, once he was done, LA, my mom was there too. She was she was with my agent. She was already going, and I got a ticket that day. And I saw them. I said goodbye. Like I'm leaving. I'm out. Once oh, he, once he came out of the game, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm gone. Trying not to get Celebrate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going home. Uh. You know what, though? It's a little different than Matt Harvey watching the Yankees in the legend seats while the Mets are playing, you know, at the same time because your team wasn't playing and you and you got a childhood friend there. So I feel like you're good. You know, it's really yeah. just you and your emotions. It was it was it was interesting. Soto had come and done it when we played yep. uh, when we played the Dodgers. He was there sitting right there wearing Trey's jersey. Um, yeah, it was it was it was cool to go and. and support and, and do that when you're you know you're just talking about your agent jack you, you're and correct me if i'm wrong but i think you're about to be arbitration eligible for the first time second like, year say what, what oh this is going to be your second year arb eligible okay yeah got you how much when you're a young you know really top line pitcher and you start to get into these years and you know you're you know you're on the brink of free agency but pitching is also, it's a precarious profession, right? I mean, you dealt with it a little bit this year with the injuries in your shoulder. How much more present does the business part of it become when you get to these stages of your MLB service time? And obviously, see, that's something you could speak to as well. You said this, you said the business part of it? Yeah, like just knowing like, okay, do I want to, you know, 
do I want to yeah. try and pull, let's say, a Seve, where I where it's kind of an intermediate fix, where I know, yeah, hey, yeah, 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 you know, I, I'm going to get four yeah, years yeah. where I'm good, but maybe it delays me getting the the monster payday, right? But but it also protects me against injury. But like, I mean, hey, yeah, 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 I mean, how much lot, do you think about, think about it? It's a yeah. lot. I mean, it's a lot. You try not to think about it. You let, you let your agent worry about it, and if you got a good one, he'll direct you on. And you got to trust that person. You got to trust whoever you got. You got to trust what they tell you. Hmm. Hey, you know, we should we should think about making a deal, or hey, they want to make a deal, or hey, not nah, like you go through these few years, you go through the arbitration system, you're gonna you're gonna make money, you're gonna do well, and we figured out come free agency, or we figured out come that last year, do we want to do an extension before free agency? And you got to trust that guy that you're with. And you start to see the business of the game unfold and the way that it, that it happens. But at the end of the day, you take care of your stuff on the field. You stay healthy. Good things are going to happen. And unfortunately, this year I wasn't healthy. I got hurt. And we're going the next two years and, and you know, hopefully stay on the field, be healthy, and let everything else take care of itself. It, you just got to trust. For me, the guy, trust the guy that I'm with. He's taking care of me all the way up until this point. Took care of me in first year ARB. And that's that's the guy and i think if you don't trust them you you could find yourself in some some bad situation no that's perfect he answered it perfectly because i never thought about any of the business stuff like i mean that's why i hired my agent like we in this as a partnership and yeah. i never thought about that like i just always did what he guided me to do you know the indians put a contract in front of me you think this is good okay well let's sign it you know what i'm saying like it was always just it was never any Back and forth with me. I just always wanted to worry about the pitching side, and you worry about getting me paid. Like I'll put up the numbers, and you and you get me the money. You know what I'm saying? And but I did that to a fault. Where in 2008, I tried to pretend like I wasn't a free agent. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I tried to not think about the business, and I think that really put me in a bad spot the first half of 2008. Once I acknowledged that, yeah, I'm probably gonna get traded. I am a free agent. I'm gonna have to face you know going out there and trying to figure out a contract. Then it just let me like relax and like like yeah I mean you can't fucking ignore this big elephant in the room like you you know what yeah. I'm saying like I mean and you're gonna yeah. have the same thing when you come up on free agency you're gonna be one of the top free agents pitchers coming out in your class or whatever so it's gonna be there just don't make the mistake of trying not to think about it because it is what it is you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I mean you're gonna have to accept it but like you said that's why that's why you have your agent you have them for that business side of it so you don't have to think about it until you have to but then you accept it for what it is and be like all right cool. This is what we going out there pitching for, and then and then once you accept that that that's you forever because that contract because once you accept that and then you know that's who you are then you get the money and that's really who you are you know what yeah, I'm saying yeah. so then like uh -huh. you got a lot of shit that you pitching with you know what I'm saying so yeah, I mean yeah. once you embrace that like you know who basically who you are then that's who you become for the rest of your career if that makes yeah, sense no doubt. yeah hundred percent that's interesting see so what you're saying is rather than kind of treating it like this, you know, boogeyman in the room that I don't want to acknowledge or I'm afraid of, you might as well be like, yes, this is my reality. Because once you sign the deal, it's going to be your reality. You're going to wear that weight no matter what. Once they give you that title of like, oh, he's the top free agent in the club. And they give you that the year before you're getting ready to come out. Yeah. So yeah. you got to put that pack, that backpack on yeah. and just run with that motherfucker forever. You yeah. know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I tried yeah. not to. Like, I was always like, Nah, just give me a little less than Barry Zito, or just give me a little less than Johan Santana. And once I was like, nah, fuck that. I'm put like I am who I am, and like I be like I am gonna probably get the biggest contract. So like I couldn't you know shy away from that. Like it is what it is. Like I'm gonna have to wear this shit. So I put put that shit on, and you gotta run with it. See, did you ever feel that in a big like going into a big game? Would you accept the big game for what it is, or would you try to play it play it down? Like oh, this don't this doesn't mean that. Always play the play the big game for what it is because yeah. it's you know I mean they're all the same you know when you drive into the park or when you pulling up but you, you know it's that extra little bit so it's gonna be in yeah. you it's gonna be there so you gotta acknowledge that extra little adrenaline you're gonna have when you go out there in the first couple of innings like you're gonna have yeah, that extra you, little zip on your fastball breaking ball's gonna, gonna be, be a little tighter so if you yeah. acknowledge that you know what I'm saying you, you think, it's easier yeah. for you to control that I think it's the same thing like you talk about. You accepting the free agency, accepting that. Like I think that happens with people in, in games. They they play down what the game is and what the you know what the magnitude of the game is, and you play it down so much that you you don't you don't go out perform. You're not ready for it. You're not ready for that extra little bit of adrenaline to understand. No, I'm a, like this is what it is. Like this is game seven. 
or this is game five, whatever, this elimination game, like you can be a little bit, you're going to be a little bit hyped up. And it, it's just that accepting, you know, this is a situation for what it is and, and taking it and run with it. Yeah, for sure. And I think for you, like being with the Cardinals, you're always going to pitch in big games, right? You're always going to have the Cubs rivalry. The Brewers are now a big time rivalry. And now you get yeah. and you get a chance to watch Wayno do it. Like what, yeah. being able to like watch him is like for you, like being for me being able to watch Andy Pettit. Like I literally watched yeah. everything he did and just mimicked it with better stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you have you. I mean, it's the same, but you just have the better stuff right now. So and it and it and it'll also teach you how to be able to pitch. You know, later in your career, but I feel like you kind of in the same spot that I was when I had Andy. You know, pitching for this big franchise and it's all these big games. And you're wearing this uniform and, you you know, you're about to step into, you know, the next part of your career, which is being the ace of a big time franchise. And you have Wayno there to help you kind of step into that. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, absolutely. You see, I mean, I watch him day in, day out. I think he was fun to watch the prep, the work, the just focus that he has, especially, you know, game day. He He's he's, you know, he's days one through four. He's one way game day. Flips that switch <laughs> and he's, he's like, he's like this. You don't. He's not talking to anybody. He puts the headphones on. He goes, does his work, and you know he's all business. What are you like on a game day, Jack? Are you a superstitious man? I just, I, everybody asks that question. Do you have any superstitions? Do you have? To, I would say no. Do I do the same shit? Yes. Do I have <laughs> no. I have a routine, but see, for me, a superstition would be like, all right, you know, it's like the way I put my pants down. Like I'll put my mm -hmm. pants down. And I'll tie like my right shoe and then my left shoe, or whatever. I don't even know. I, I couldn't tell you unless I did it right now. But yeah. if I if I went out and, and pitched poorly, I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, I tied the wrong shoe first. Like, I, like that'd be my blame, and I'd be like, oh shoot, I next time out, I just gotta make sure I do that. Like for me, that's a superstition. Mm -hmm. Or you know, I wore some, I wore the the same thing. Like, no, nah, I, I cut a different undershirt just about every game. So I'm not. <laughs> oh, I pitched well in this undershirt. I'm gonna wear it the next time out. Now, if I definitely if I pitch bad, I'll probably throw that one out. I throw the cleats out, something. <laughs> like those, they didn't get it done. But yeah, I, I have a routine, but I don't. I I'll never put a blame on like, oh, I, I, you know, I put my belt on before my jersey this time, and I I never do that. Like that's why I pitch mm. bad. For me, that's just what a superstition is. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Now, nah, I mean, it's, and that's when when you're playing, it's more of a, you know, you think of it as more routine. So much so, like, when I, like, in the offseason, because I didn't want to, like, forget stuff I did in order, I would write it all down. Like, I had yeah. it all written, written down, down and, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this shit written down. Because you know when you go back, when you go back and you get that first time spring training, you put the pants on, like, it's weird putting pants on for the first time. Like, yeah. In the, in the jersey. I'm like, damn. All right, and then you got to go through it, and then you start remembering, like, all right, all right, yeah, yeah. Like, I <laughs> what kind of stuff it. are you guys writing down? The, like, the, like that, that type of stuff, like how you put on <laughs> put your my uniform, pants you on? yeah, like the stuff that you're supposed to do, like anything, like in the weight in the weight room or little things that yeah. you forget to do. Because I didn't want to give it up for for one day. Like my very first start of spring training, my routine had to be on. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't want it to be off for like any time that I'm going to take the mound at any time. I had to do these things in order. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and so I had to have it from the first day. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't go to spring training and remember. Like, I had to have it or else I would freak out. It, it is interesting, though, what you're talking about, Jack, about the difference between routine and superstition. Because, like, I'm just thinking even about it because I consider myself superstitious. But, yeah, but there, there are certain things like, for example, if I'm, if I'm going to do play-by-play -play for an NBA broadcast – there's a million things I do every single game day that are part of my routine to make mm -hmm. me feel prepared, right? That don't at all, I would never call superstitious because it's just how I feel prepared, you know? But right. if I'm watching a game and like my team's losing, like I'm going to touch the remote a certain amount of times or I'm going to like, yes. I'm going to like change <laughs> you, seats. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. People, and then, like and then I'm going to blame like myself. That. Yeah. yeah, my mom's not gonna move, and anybody else around her cannot move if the if it's going. She was this way in high school. If the team was hitting, nobody moved. Nobody moved. <laughs> the second somebody got up and moved, and then somebody punched out, she's like, "You need to sit back down, or you gotta switch it up." Like that's the superstitious side. Like she was like, "Not nah, sit down. Nobody move. 
like stay away from me, whatever it is. But absolutely, you watch a game, you think you affect everything. You yes. you sit in a certain yes. way and you get comfy and you watch the game, you'd be like, Man, I can't move. And then you get on card with like, I still can't move. Like they about to, they're gonna pull it off and like, <laughs> yeah. you don't it's, move. You think you're affecting it. Absolutely. So I got one of the just the craziest example of this I've ever seen in my life. One of my best friends, I spent one year at Loyola before I transferred to Fordham and Bobby Preddy. Uh, is is my good friend still still to this day biggest Yankee fan I know and like really knowledgeable you know not like not like someone who's a diehard fan but like doesn't know the game no this man knows the game it's like smart intelligent dude so superstitious though and we were in college the one year that was the 04 ALCS which obviously we know what happened in that ALCS with the Yankees yeah. and Red Sox and in game 4 which went to extra innings of that ALCS Bobby had this superstition, or maybe it was game five of the ALCS, which also went to extras, where he would he kept his arms up in the air for every... He could only put them down <laughs> when it went to commercial. And he started it like the seventh <laughs> inning. This dude's shoulders were absolutely on fire. This game goes like 14 innings. I'm like, Bobby, oh you, you got to be dying, man. You've got to be dying. He was up in like a window crawl space with his arms up in the air watching. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's worth it, man. I think better off just losing. No, I mean, I mean, yeah, when you're with your team, it, it, you know, it's, it's totally worth it. A couple of weeks ago, I always have to wear a Raiders hat the day that the Raiders are playing. Like, so Sunday, mm-hmm. Thursday, whatever, Monday, I have to wear a Raiders hat or something Raiders. So a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a bar mitzvah to go to. The Raiders were playing. So I had to dress up. But guess what I'm wearing? A fucking Raiders hat. My wife <laughs> was pissed. But guess what? I'm sitting there with my Raiders hat and I had my phone on watching a fucking game. Like, oh my God. no, like, th- this is great. serious for me. It matters. It's <laughs> real. Honestly, they're lucky you showed up to the bar mitzvah, okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Raiders uh, got, hat on, bro. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I got to ask you guys this. All right. Let's take Jack out of the equation. For each of you, if you could choose three pitchers, like an individual pitch from three pitchers currently in the game, who's pitches are you taking like are you taking you know for example right are you taking cole's heater G- give me like one guy you know three different guys one pitch per guy who are the top three pitches in the game right now i always think about this because of moe's cutter right yeah. like the way we saw uh, yeah I, I i would say two pitches for sure that i'm taking is the grom's heater mm-hmm. and devin williams changeup. oof that Man. one that the airbender whatever they call it like that pitch is is lethal. And he throws it on uh, both sides of the plate, too. Both sides. I mean, Corbin Burns' cutter would be up there after what he did with it this year. like that. But I'm going to take DeGrom's heater. God can't touch it. You can't see it. It's just It comes out, and it's, it's by you. Why, why is that, Jack? With, why do you think? I, so I, 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 don't, I, I faced him one time, and the, and the first pitch that he threw me, I, I never saw it. Like it was in, it threw it and it was in the glove. I was like, "Damn, all right, this is real." This was in, this was in nineteen too. So he had his whatever he. Had, I think he was. I don't know if he was sub two that year, or the year before. Uh, but that was. I mean, it was in the glove when he threw. It. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like this is real. Like I, you actually can't pick it up. Uh, it's just so it's easy just, out of there. I feel like you know what so I'm saying. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm thinking break. So you got two, or are you gonna take? Are you gonna take the cutter? Are you throwing something nah. else in there? Who who's breaking ball? Like, I mean, I I always take Wayno's curveball because it always plays. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking sliders because that's what I throw. Like, yeah. who else has? Who I always, else has I always say Chris sells slider for me. Okay. His slider. Yeah, I keep, I keep thinking. I keep. Thinking yeah, you think? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Because the sales slider coming out from there. Which, I mean, what you got? If you're taking three guys, you're taking three. I would, I would want. Um, you know whose heater I like, man. I like Lance Lance fastball at the top they of the can't zone. Touch it. Nobody they can can't hit touch it, bro. When they do, bro, they pop it up. Like that's, that's all awesome. he throws is heaters. Like <laughs> I love his heaters. So I would go Lance. Um, I want Chris Sale's curveball or break or slider, whatever. Um, and then. Who would be my uh my third? 
feel like somebody on Tampa we're missing. Um, somebody. Yeah. There's all those dudes out there. Like, I if I had to yeah. take a slider, like, if I had to take a slider, it might be, like, Trinan's slider. Trinan's. Mm. Like, or Adovino. Adovino, yeah. Some that just goes the other way. Like, I got changes going this way, and then that one going this way. Or you you ain't down to three, so I'm either taking Wayno's curveball or Trinan's slider. I, I have to well, pick one. Can you imagine how, now this is like, imagine stepping on a mound and you have DeGrom's fastball, Devin Williams' changeup, and Adam Wainwright's curveball. Like, good night. You're, 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 you're unstoppable. Yeah, yeah that's your Doc Holliday, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That, that, that dude was unbelievable. He was way he made that man. ball move. Ridiculous. It was, it was unbelievable. He was unbelievable to watch. He was always in control. Jack, what is it like? Because, you know, C and I obviously are very familiar with Yankee fans, what it's like being around the Yankee organization for CC, what it's like to pitch for this organization. Um, one of the other you know, legacy franchises in the history of baseball is the team you play for, the St. Louis Cardinals. H- how would you describe the fans in St. Louis and the weight of pitching in that uniform? Uh, they're passionate. It's baseball. That's what they. That's what they live for. That's what they want. They want to come out and watch it. They want to come out and watch good baseball. Watch a good team. They want to come see Yachty every single day. And I've never. We. I mean, I've been almost everywhere. Nobody gets an ovation like he does every time he comes to the plate. It's a different. <laughs> it's a different. The only one that that like rivals it is when Albert comes and plays against us. There you because go. It's that's they. They love seeing him and they love that. Um, they are passionate. They love the game, and it's fun pitching for a team in an organization like that, where you have that history, and you know all the people that have come through. You know, rest in peace. You know, Bob Gibson. Be able to get to know him, have a you know relationship with with that. It's a freaking legend right there. Um, yeah, was special. Special the guys that they bring around when Ozzy comes around, uh, when they had Gibson come around all the time. Chris Carpenter. You know, taking time and, and talking with me and, and being able to have that opportunity, like it's cool. That stuff you can't make up or stuff I never really expected. I like, I knew Ozzy Smith was a part of the Cardinals. Like I grew up a baseball fan. I never imagined being able to sit down with him and you know have a conversation or you know you know talk talk with him during BP. Like that stuff's cool. It, but pitching for a team where it matters and every game matters and how the team's doing, like that's fun. That, that I enjoy that. I want to win. Mm. That's all I want to do. Um, it's it's really cool being in that environment and knowing, like, yeah, there is pressure to win. You go out there, you don't win. They're not going to show up. It's just not, it's not how it's going to be. Uh, you So, I mean, I got to ask you, because uh, Bob Gibson was always a guy I was fascinated with. Yeah, me too. W- w- what What is, I guess, either the most memorable interaction you had with him or something that you took away that still stays with you from – interactions with him i think meeting him was was the coolest part for me was how like i like i met him so I, we we had a they do their cardinals hall of fame weekend and so they bring all the legends back so you know ozzy all of them were around and now come in the in the clubhouse and they hang out in there for a second and they go on the field i'm always running around doing something so i'm never like there like i said what's up to ozzy and like I had to go run and get some treatment. And I was like, all right, great. Like, it's good to see y'all, but like, I'm going to go, I got to get my work in. One of the media guys, this is while media was still in the clubhouse. I was walking through, he comes, finds me. And he's like, Gibson's looking for you. I was like, what? He's like, Gibson's looking for you. Like, what you mean he's looking for me? Like, I don't want to hear this, like this. He said, nah, he, I was like, well, he said, he's in the dugout. He's looking for you. I was like, all right. So I dropped everything I was doing. Put pants on, put uni on, because it's like they do a ceremony before the game. So I had to go get dressed, went out there, and got to talk to him for 15 minutes before they did like the, in, the intros and everything, and just asking him in. Like, and I thought that I, for, for me that was cool and something that's going to stick with me because he was seeking me, which I was yeah, like, yeah. That that that's the that has not always set in my mind. I was like, why are you? Why do you want to come find me? And he just was like, I like the way you pitch. I like the way you use your fastball. He said, you keep, he said, keep pitching inside. Like that, that's what you do. You got to do that. And, and attack guys. It's like this whole nibbling around, like 
that's when you get like why would you do that like take that throw it by them or make them hit it like if you don't believe that you're the best guy out there then get off the mound and somebody they'll bring somebody else out and they'll come get you and he was just this, this who he was like how he was when he pitched is how he was away from it he was just straightforward that's who he was i think the funniest <laughs> i told the people this the funniest thing he ever told me was people were like he was this intimidating intimidating guy you know he always had this look on his face on the mound and he tells this, this story about yeah you know people talk about that look and everything so it's squint and i was like looking in like i was all mad and he was like I just couldn't see the fucking signs. <laughs> but, I, but I went with it. But I went with it. It worked. Thought I, was like, I, was, I was glaring them down because I was I was looking so intently trying to read the signs. But like I couldn't see. I had to look that hard to see what the fuck he was putting down. But it worked. That's amazing. I think that, that was like, I was like, all right, he was like, he got it. He was like, I'm yeah. like they think I'm intimidating. Like, I, I am. I'm not going to talk to you. We play all star game against you. I'm not gonna talk to you. You, you what? We go be teammates for a day, and then I gotta go play against you three days. Like, fuck out of here. I'm not gonna talk to you. Um, that's who he was. It was, it was fun to to have those a couple conversations with him. Man, that that's is, oh, I got my Black Aces uh, t shirt on right now today. But that's yeah. awesome to be able to like have those conversations with him, and you know, like you said, have him seeking you out. That's that's amazing. That that's the craziest part that he he seek me out first time that that i went to go meet him and uh that's an opportunity like you don't get those so I, I jumped at that he he told me he was gonna have his number and email left in my locker sure enough it was when i got back in there so that was cool i was gonna pick up the phone call him yeah that is amazing well look jack uh that is i feel like that's a terrific crescendo for us to end things on man um it's uh it's always fun watching you pitch and now we know it's fun talking with you as well so I hope we get you back on maybe for some Lakers analysis as this NBA season gets going a little bit, man. You know? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Once we get once they get Braun back, I think uh I think things are gonna start to get flowing here. They're yeah. gonna be all right. They play out here uh I think on the twenty third. I'm gonna go check them out again. So see what they yeah, got against the Knicks. Yeah. Knicks all right. Knicks all right. The Knicks all right. Together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I might, I might buy some Nick shit now before I buy some more Ned shit. Stop! <laughs> you, 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 you haven't been watching the Knicks since that five and one uh, start. If you feel that way, I'm rolling with the winners, guys. I'm rolling with the winners. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna bring it. out all the Warriors stuff. Man, let me tell you something, Jack. The way C and I first connected in the summer of 2009 was rooting for the Lakers together. Yeah, I was right? a Laker you fan. Did, you never know where this guy's gonna end up. You just they were really know. good back then, cause yeah. I grew up a Laker right. fan. I grew up. That was when I was still like actually yeah. like following a team. Mm-hmm. And then once Shaq left and and all that shit happened, then I kind of like was just following whoever yeah, was didn't good. Have Shaq in 09. No, they I didn't. See, but I they were good though. I was a Kobe fan, they so were I became Kobe a Laker fan. It was Kobe yeah. Powell. They were yeah, good yeah. though, so they they got and back Bynum good. But and Odom yeah. and but yeah. I was already a Warriors fan by then because I had my season tickets, so I was already on the believe. You know what I'm saying? That was like the Baron that Davis was right and the yeah, yeah, I was I was yeah. on that squad. Al Harrington, and Matt Barnes. Yeah. Yes, you just hopped off exactly. there because the Lakers happened to still be playing late into. <laughs> yeah, he had that. Fill, he had that filler period. He had. He had Kobe and Shaq, then he had the We Believe Warriors, and then he got the Kobe and Powell. There we go. And, <laughs> Until and, he got Steph and, and KD. Exactly. And my, my Raiders are so bad, bro. We go through so much that this time of year, every year, is when I start watching basketball. Hmm. Week 10. Just, Week 10 uh, in NFL season. It's like, it always goes to shit for me every fucking year. Man, you know what? It's at least a little later than New York football. I feel like week six, the Giants and Jeff fan base has to turn their attention away, man. You can wrap the Jets, you can wrap the Jets up before it starts. Yeah, oh they got hope. Every soon year, as they draft, as soon as they draft, guys. Oh, it is amazing. Like it, it, It's amazing how that happens with some franchises. And the Raiders and Jets are certainly two of them. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack, thank you so much, man. Uh, have a good, healthy offseason. And uh, let's talk again sometime soon, man. Thanks for hopping on R2C2. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Well, big thanks to Jack Flaherty. See, I love hearing you and Jack build your ultimate pitcher, man, from today's game with the repertoire. Yeah. Yeah, nah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I always love the Chris Sale slider, but yeah, it was it was interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought about DeGrom's heater, but 
I don't know why I wouldn't have thought about the Grimes heater, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that thing is untouchable. But I love Lance's Lance Lance fastball. I know you do. I, I think you love Lance Lynn, period. Just I do. I do. That's yeah. my guy. Yeah, he's, he's my guy. your guy. Well, big thanks to Jack. Uh, good to have you back, C. So much going on. So much Man. going on. It's crazy. We didn't even get to OBJ getting to the Rams. Man. Oh, my goodness. Is he still good at football? Like, what's wh- is he Bro, still good? Did he Did he play the other day or no? I don't he know. Play, did he? Yeah, I think he, he is did. still yeah, good, guys. He, he is? All right. The well, quarterback we'll was the problem, because Oh, it always is. He was. He is. Okay, he is. we'll see. We'll see. The quarterback is the problem. Guys. Okay, well, he's not the problem in L.A., so now we'll see if whether or not the quarterback not a, was the problem. No, nah, the quarterback in L.A. is definitely legit, so yes. we'll see. Yes, so we'll see. So so we'll see how OBJ handles that. Um, you guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. Big thanks to our outstanding producers, Sadie Zillow, Bobby Wagner. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Peace. <laughs>